career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where of course we have real men talking about real stuff that sometimes us guys truly don't want to talk about. I'm your show host, Rick Clemens, and again, I just want to remind you guys that we have our once a month men's circle where we get together, a group of guys, the first Tuesday of each month, talk about anything that's going on in your lives. We focus on different things such as confidence, making better connections, relationships, etc. If you are interested in joining us over there, go on over to 40 plus men's circle and jump on and get a reservation and a seat for that. So today I want to dive into something with somebody I just recently met and literally have just been having a conversation with this guy from down under that I can tell that he is serious about facilitating the best in people. He is a facilitator who really tries to drive people towards that space of joy, that gratitude, that connection in whatever it is that they're doing. And I love it when the stars align and especially when they bring me somebody from down under. It's like interesting. I have a whole bunch of people in my life from down under, but Murray Guest is my guest. Yes, those are two guests. Murray Guest is my guest today and we connected through an outreach that he did and we want to talk about how men can better bring that joy, that connection, that gratitude into their life plus wherever else we go. So Murray, thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Rick, thank you so much for that wonderful, warm introduction. And uh, thank you for our connection already. I'm loving uh, the work that you do. And just your introduction then, talking about the men's circle and creating space for men to have these conversations and support each other. I think it's so needed, uh, needed in the US, needed down here in Australia. And uh, I am looking forward to connecting with you today to talk about joy, talk about gratitude, a little bit about my own journey as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah. Uh, I'm 48, uh, so 50 next year, so not this year. And uh, I think there's a a real need for for these conversations. And um, I I certainly have had my ups and downs, but know there's some things that I do that have helped me and and look forward to exploring some of that today. Well, let's just dive in and start exploring. So you brought up your own journey, which is one of the reasons I always – bring people on because everybody's journey is so interesting, but yet each guy that comes on, he brings his own perspective. So let's dive into your journey and just tell us a little bit about, you know, when did you start really feeling like, okay, something's missing. I need something more. I needed to have a pivot in my life. Kind of give us a little bit of that backstory. Yeah. So I could talk about my corporate role and as a, as a manager and a coach, but you know what, that's, that's, that's interesting. And people can find out about me online and check out my website, but I actually want to talk about some of the real things. So uh, at high school, uh, I had a guy jump me in my final year of high school and, and basically knock me out and punch me to the punch me to the ground. And that's a good way to do not just physically get the knock, but I got the knock of my own self-confidence and uh, so that was, was one of those moments too in high school where you could see where your friendships lie and where some of those bonds are. And people I thought were my friend weren't when they sort of sided with this guy who 
also didn't get in trouble for it because his dad was a principal at a local school, another school, and and so it was a sort of thing where the principal called us into the room and said, shake hands, let's just move on. And um, I remember at the moment I didn't shake this guy's hand and uh, the bit that stuck with me though was just my own self-confidence as a, as a male. Mm. At the time I was dating a girl in my final year of high school and then three years later I thought, you know, we're going to get married, early 20s, and um, asked her to marry me and we were engaged. And then what happened then after that was she um, she uh, ended up sleeping with my best friend in my car a number of times. <laughs> so I sold the car. We also yeah. didn't get married. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. I joke about the footprints on the ceiling of the car, but I don't know yeah, if that yeah. was real or not. But there, yeah, that's in the memory. It probably was real in your memory for sure. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So and again, you know, as, as men and, and as a human, that that took a, a, a hit to my self confidence at the time. Uh, a few years later, I met a, a girl that I'd known in the past. We got married. We had two children, and then um, she she hooked up with her best friend's husband. Mm. So a bit of a pattern there, unfortunately. And that, again, um, you know, had me questioning my identity about who I was, sure. the value in my relationships. Mm-hmm. Kind of knocking your confidence probably too. Yeah, knocking my confidence, I'd say, again, around. And, and I think when you, you're married and, and you're young children, there's those moments of that's all life is. And I yep. think a lot yep. of men can get into that, that situation. I was there. That was life. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we divorced and I was single for a while and thankfully I met someone, uh, after a few years, but here's the thing though, I want to think about, you know, going to the pub, uh, after we were divorced and giving off desperate energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, like I was looking for someone, I need a partner, you know, the, the male, I think there's even a real primitive sort of sense coming to you. I need a partner going to the pub and I met nobody to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I know that I was looking for someone to complete me, looking for someone to, to make me happy. And of course I wasn't going to find that because I was giving off that desperate energy. I th- thankfully started to realize about who I was and being happy with myself. And then I met my wife who I am married to, uh, through my brother. And mm-hmm. I remember having dinner at his house and, uh, she walked in and they, and she sort of said, who's this guy? Uh, he, he looks okay. And uh, one of their mutual friends said, oh, he's divorced with two children. Don't go near him. Hmm. <laughs> Thankfully, she didn't listen to them. And uh-huh. um, we've been married now for um, uh, 11 years and we've got our own little boy now. Right on. And what I've learned um, out of our relationship is um, how much she loves me for who I am my my ups downs my flaws um and all of that but also that we have the conversations i wasn't having in the past with those people um you know my ex-wife and the the fiance that i had and having those conversations even when they're tough even when they're irky even when they're um just just coming to the surface and you think, oh, I'll talk about that later. We, we have the conversations and I know that's what's one of the strengths that I really appreciate in our relationship. So when we talk about where I got to now, I know that for me to be the best me and to, as a, someone, as I said, 48, to let go of the past and to, to not, 
not let those past experiences shape who I am now is to to have those conversations but also I've got some things which which help me tap into that joy and yeah. I think I love that that you and I talked about that because mm-hmm. I think I lost that sense of joy through all those those moments and um, I know how important that is it's so interesting to hear another man say I think I lost that sense of joy because this is one of those conversations that guys, you know, if you were in a room of guys and somebody finally said, well, I've lost my sense of joy, everybody would probably like stop and stare because this isn't something that normally quote unquote guys would say yet. Every one of us feels it. Every one of us thinks it. Mm-hmm. Every one of us probably intuitively and I'm generalizing of course, but intuitively knows if I could just admit that I don't feel joyful or I don't feel happy or I don't feel connected or I don't feel confident. Just admitting that begins to move things forward. It begins to release energy. That's like, okay, that's the holdup. It's not the entire block wall, but it's part of the holdup there. And I know for me, I experienced the same thing. I was like, okay, this, you know, coming out of the closet was like, okay, I'm not doing this. This can't be it. But if I could just do it, what would be different yeah. until that moment when I finally said, I can't, I can't not move forward because living here is not getting me where I need to go either. Mm. And when you shared that the conversations you have learned to have the hard ones, the ones that are tough or murky or just coming to the surface, that's the strength of your relationship with your wife. I find that's so common for most people that if you're not having the conversations with anybody in your life, that's why life can be really, really tough. Yeah, I totally agree. And I even would build on that. And thank you for sharing, uh, Rick. I, I love the, the openness that you bring to conversations and that vulnerability. Uh, that's something I've certainly learned. There's so much power in being open and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bit around conversations I also think about is we need to have the conversations before we need to have them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is uh, I look at, at some of the older couples that have been together, you know, married 40, 50 years, and there's this toxicity that's running underneath it. Yep. And, and then stuff gets to a certain point, and then it's a blow-up conversation like a volcano. You said this, you do that, and it's all wrong, and it's all bad, and emotions are running high and words come out the mouth that we don't really want to say to the person deep down that we loved or we used to love and we've lost that. Right. But how can we have that conversation sooner in a way that's more productive? And that's Mm -hmm. something which I've learned that if there's something that's just there and it's a little itchy, let's, let's talk about it before it gets to a point where something's going to come out of my mouth that I regret. Yep. Yeah. And I've learned that with my wife, but also um, with my children and and with some friends as well and and i know some friends you know some of the guys don't want to have those conversations and i've i have put the foot in the mouth because i want to have that too early mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then there's the guys that do want to have those conversations let's talk about this stuff and we've got a deeper connection so mm-hmm. yeah but when we do that either bury our, bury our heads in the sand plug our ears don't want to hear it think that okay if i say that everything's going to go wrong <laughs> That's when we start to build up the pressure and that's why we have the explosions. It's like, okay, fine. I can't take this anymore. Yet 
we know this is what's going to happen and we continue to do it. And I, I have struggled and still at times continue to struggle with that because at a very young age, I learned if I rocked that boat, all it did was cause problems, whether it was in my dysfunctional home that I lived in, whether it was on the playground, because even though at that point in time, I didn't know I was quote unquote, didn't know I was gay. Mm-hmm. I obviously wasn't super Mr. Sports minded and all that. It's kind of funny. I'm much more sports minded now than I used to be. Um, but it was always, if I did this, something was going to go wrong. And so here we go. We start to stack the habit on top of the habit on top of the habit. And before we know it, this is our normal life. And yet it takes one thing about having a conversation. Simple thing, have a conversation. In fact, today there's a issue going on in my life where I started to type an email and I thought, no. And there's a reason I didn't send it because I'm waiting to get, see what the next response is before I send this next email. But I'm about to like open my heart and say, here's what's going on. I, I don't, I can't do this with you any longer. Mm. And it's a business relationship. And you're making me feel this way when I actually haven't done this. This is your product that isn't working correctly, not me. But I held back because I'm like, okay, I've already like sent an email today that says, here's what I see. Here's what's going on. But the next one is going to be the open, the really open one. If I get the kind of response that I'm quote anticipating that I might get. And of course I'm trying to like, okay, don't put the energy out that you're going to get that response, Put the energy out. You're going to get the response that, you know, going to continue to make this work. But I know that if I hold this in much longer, I will explode. I will explode and it won't be pretty instead of taking control of what I know I can control, you know, and saying, okay, this is what's next. This is where I'm going. So what's been one of the things that you've learned about this whole conversation piece where, man, is as scary as it gets. And it, it, to me, guys that are listening, this is a piece of as scary as it is. Having the conversation will get you closer to being grateful that you did it. Will bring you some joy because now that stress is gone. It may bring you a little different stress going forward. But having the conversation is also going to help you connect. I'm curious for your Mary, what is some of the stuff you've learned by, okay, if I have the conversations, this is what I find tends to happen. Yeah. I, the thing I've definitely learned through this process and through having the conversations is explaining your intent. So I think quite often what we, we forget in our haste to have the conversation or to tell someone how we're feeling or, uh, what's going on that we forget to explain and I have 100% you know I've, I've I like to think about you know you can put your foot in the mouth when you get it wrong I've had both feet jammed in there as well yep. as everything else but what I know is when I take the time to explain what's my intent what I'm trying to achieve mm-hmm. um, then it's more likely to have a productive conversation mm-hmm. and the thing I've also learned that I just want to make sure I, I share is listening to my body. I, I think we've mm. lost quite, quite often we've lost the connection to our body. And I like to think about those pterodactyls that are flying around in our stomach. Sometimes they're not butterflies, they're huge bloody pterodactyls telling us, Hey, you know, run away from this. This isn't safe. And it un- feels uneasy. So listen to that feeling where it's coming from, what it's telling you and and the nervousness and just actually breathe into it and actually be present and explain your intent, what it is you want to talk about and what your hope is to move forward. 
Mm-hmm. What I've learned is when I have that approach and, you know, we're giving off the right energy around, I, I want to help us move forward. I want to talk about this. More than often than not, you're going to have a, a result. And the result might not be exactly what you want, but at least you're going to know, you're going to get more clarity because clarity is kindness. Clarity is confidence. Clarity is understanding. And um, you might not get the exact thing you want, but you're going to remove the uncertainty which causes the stress Mm -hmm. and understand that. Um, And we had a conversation, my wife and I, the other week, and uh, one of the things that does trip us up is money, those money conversations. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I felt... This need, and as I said, we've been married 11 years and we talk a lot, but, you know, I'm I'm learning, she's learning, and I felt the need to, hey, get up and run out of the room. Mm -hmm. I felt that, hey, this is, but I sat and and we talked through it and I said, this is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And I actually said, I think at a time, I said, I'm really mindful I don't say something that I regret saying right now. She goes, thank you, I I appreciate that. I said, I just... This is what I, I'm feeling at the moment. This is some of the stress right now, and this is what I want to talk through. Mm. And the conversation took longer than if we just blurted it out and we just said it. But man, it was way more productive. And mm-hmm. the next morning over breakfast, I, I I can recall we actually acknowledge each other. Thank you for staying present. Thank you for having the conversation. And and actually explaining what we're trying to to do and 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 talk through, you know, some of the money stuff that that mm-hmm. comes up all the times for, sure. for couples. Yeah, but I also think it's interesting to first of all, I'm totally about listening to my body. In fact, this incident I'm talking about <laughs> today going on in my business, my body's been talking to me all day. Like, you need to get up, you need to get out of the house, you need to go do something. You know, I've already been to the gym, but I'm like, I don't care if you even just go out on the porch and just like breathe in some fresh air for a moment. You need to get moving because you're sitting here getting tight and you're getting rigid and you know that the anger is starting to build and everything is tense. And if you type that email, first of all, you're going to break the keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yes, I, I always, I always notice. And when I'm working with clients and guys, I hope you're taking in what Murray said and what I'm about to say is the moment you dial into really listening to your body, that tenseness, that heart rate, that shortness of breath or that deeper sign of breath or that tightness in your back or whatever it is. Every one of us has our internal compasses that tell us something's about to go down, something's about to go down. And the moment you don't listen to it, it's going to cause you even more stress, pain, emotional suffering, whatever you want to do it. And I find it so healthy to go, okay, let's check in with my body right now. And I have my centers that I know. It's like, okay, if it's happening here, it's time for me to rethink what I'm about to do. If it's happening here, yeah, go for it. Trust the intuition. This is where you go for it. And I have those little spaces. So maybe one episode I'll talk about what those spaces are. But um, yeah, but the Rick, other I just want to jump in and I, I don't want to um, miss something that I think you said so important too about getting up, getting some fresh air. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned the phrase, and I'm, I can't remember who, who said it, but active meditation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think often we think about meditation as you're sitting down and you're breathing, eyes closed, or you're listening to a, a, a meditation track, um, a visualization. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
what I think works for me and I think maybe it works for you and maybe a lot of other men is this active meditation. It could be gardening, could be going for a walk, could be riding your bicycle. For me, it's riding my mountain bike in the bush and mm-hmm. that, that active movement of the body and in a new environment, particularly nature, brings a new perspective and manages emotions so that then when I respond to the email or I have that conversation, I'm in a better place. Yeah. I'm, I'm much more centered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this case, I went to the store to pick up some stuff and <laughs> I got ir- irritated at somebody there instead of being irritated about the other. So it's like, okay, good. I moved the focus from there to here. But um, but it is interesting when we give ourselves that moment of moving out of the space we're in, even if the physical, just the physical movement, we start to see things from a different perspective. And that ability, something you brought up about the conversation with your wife, to actually say, and this is scary, scary, scary for so many men, to say, this is what I'm intending to get from this and this is what I need to share with you, we might as well have just taken off and dropped our drawers for everybody to see our junk. I mean, that's just, you know, it's like, oh my God, you just went to this really touching place as a guy. And yet, what a really cool place to go because it says, I can actually do something. I can get something done by saying, this is how uncomfortable I feel right now. Mm. So as you felt yourself go into those uncomfortable spaces, what's one of the biggest benefits of being uncomfortable that you have found? Oh, it is better on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's actually, I feel it, it's empowering. It's a weight off the shoulders on the other side. I, I think I, my, my perspective here, Rick, is there isn't a stress-free life. We've got stress from so many different areas of our life. Yep. But it's also how we look at it. Mm-hmm. And I think if we then talk through it and we get, we, we get to the other end of that conversation, it reduces some of that stress, reduces some of that ickiness, is a word I'm going to use right now, that we carry around with us that sort of, you know, might be feel like a bit of a knife in the side that I'm just carrying around with me all the time. It's like mm-hmm. the busted knee you're walking on all the time that's annoying you, but this is like that other thing that's gnawing away in your conscious or in the side and mm-hmm. through having that conversation and processing it and, yeah. and moving through it, you let that go to move on. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's interesting too when we discover those pieces that suddenly there's a new level of inspiration that starts to show up in our life because we've allowed ourselves to go, okay, wow, I just experienced this, so now how can I do it again? And I don't know if that many people will take what I just said, so I'm going to say it again, that when we do something like that, where we suddenly, like, oh, okay, I did this, and then a lot of times it's like, okay, we did it that way. But we mm-hmm. forget to go, how can I take that and let it inspire me the next time something shows up like this? So I know today in this whole thing that was going on for me, I stopped myself and said, think about, how this has occurred in the past and how you want to have it be different in this situation. And it was because I was inspired in my own mind to go, you get to react differently. You are the guy who does this. And Mm. it was the previous thing that gave me the inspiration to look at this differently. And I always, well, not always, because I'm not, I'm not perfect, but I try to each time there's like a challenge like this to go, okay, Yes, what can I learn from this? But how can this inspire me to do something differently the next time? What's the inspiration behind this? Is this that it made me feel more at peace, that I learned something about gratitude? 
did it help me inspire somebody else when I see this happening, you know, with them? And I try to think what's the best inspiration I can pull from this. Yes, I want to learn something, but what can I, what's something inspiring about what just happened that will hopefully take me there first before I go and here's the learning. Cause I I'm, I'm very much driven by inspiration. I mean, I can see something and I'm like, Oh yeah, let's that, that takes me someplace. So, uh, so there's, there's two bits I, I I'm hearing in this for me that I'm going to share. One is where we're actually creating new habits, new ways mm-hmm, of being. Mm-hmm, yep. And there's these habits we're operating off subconsciously through our life. And yep. as you said, the way that I now show up for a conversation is a new way. I've realized mm-hmm. there's a different result I can get. And we're starting to break the cycle of putting our past into our future because I'm consciously choosing to have these conversations and I'm teaching myself, I'm rewiring my brain that I can do this differently and get different results. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen in one conversation, doesn't happen in one trip to the gym. You know what I'm saying? It happens. Right. So we've got to do more of those. So, um, and then, yes, so we, we get the benefit in the moment, but we also get the benefit in the future because as we do that, we're creating those new habits. The other element I want to say is... Um, we were talking before we started recording about podcasts and our love of talking to people. And my podcast, um, Inspired Energy, is all about that inspiration you get mm-hmm. and that energy you get when you feel inspired with the connections of other people. Mm-hmm. And also when you have those conversations. And you and I just, you know, we're, we're brothers across the Atlantic, I think, right, at the moment. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's the Pacific. I should get Pacific, my geography yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I was going, well, that's a long way around to get to us. But yes, we can get there that way too. But. I, I never said geography is a strength. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I hear you and I'm just so aligned with this that there's an energy you get through that inspiration which propels mm-hmm. you forward in some way. And it's, it's hard. You, you can't really measure it, but you can mm-hmm. feel it. That's you can sure. feel it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting that you brought up your inspired energy podcast. Cause I was sitting here staring at the screen, like I'm getting ready to bring this in because here comes the tie in and you stole my thunder, but that's totally cool. <laughs> so, but I, I do find, so it's interesting for me because my background in coaching, my, the platform that I was trained on is all energetic. It's all about energies. And what are the energies that somebody shows up to in their life? How do they show up in that energy? And then what does that you know create for them in their world? And I have noticed that the more I just observe someone's energy, that I can really help them start to see it in a different way. But they have to start with where they are and they have to see that energy. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, like again, I'm going to refer back to some of today's incidents, my old energy was very much a victim energy and it still shows up <laughs> that, that, that little nugget is still there and it'll show up and sometimes it shows up really big, but the energy that I most prefer to show up with is one of love and how can we make this a win-win for both of us. And when I get really triggered is when I'm trying to make this a win-win and the situation I'm in or the people I'm in a situation with are like, absolutely, there is no win-win. It's all about them and no other way. And I suddenly start to shut down until I give myself permission to go, Rick, this is a win-win still. Because even if you move through this and you don't get what you want, you have just won by moving yourself to the next level. 
Yeah. Your yeah. own level, new level of energy. And depending on the outcome, sometimes that means that the relationship or the situation I'm in will cause the relationship to go away. And that's actually a win too, because A, I'm not involved in it any longer. And B, that means they're not involved in it any longer. And they really need somebody to meet them in the way they need to have them met. In fact, there's a life coach here in the States who is one of Oprah's um, protégés. Her name is Ilana Van Zant, And she said something on a podcast a few couple months ago. She was talking about her own broken up marriages and all this sort of stuff. She goes, it's funny that everybody comes to me about relationship advice and I've been married three times. Like I'm the, you know, like I'm the yeah. expert. Like, but she goes, what I've learned through all of that. And I, I think I've shared this a couple of times on this podcast. So it means it's important to me. It's like, I love what she said. I realized that the way those marriages were wanting me to show up in love. So the mm. partners I was with was asking me to show up in love in a way that I couldn't show up in love that way for them. And the way I was wanting them to show up in love for me was a way they couldn't show up in love in that way for me. And she goes, it suddenly became really simple. I wasn't being bad. They weren't being bad. We were just trying to get each other to show up in love in a way that neither one of us could. Yeah. And I, as I'm driving, I'm thinking, man, first of all, I wish I'd thought... <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought of that. Maybe I'd be one of Oprah's person. No, you know, that, that stuff doesn't really matter. Well, it kind of does. But, but I thought that's a, such a simplistic way to look at everything. Mm. You know, yeah, I, right now, some things are, hey, I'm just not able to show up in the way that I need to show up. So I'm being challenged to look at, okay, so how can I show up? And where am I going to show up in this particular situation? What do I own that I can make the change in? Yeah, and what I can I control? What can I control in this yeah. situation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to help me show up in the way that's mm -hmm. from a place of love and aligned with my values yep. so I can be my best self? Yeah. yeah. So as you work in this facilitation world and you work with groups and individuals and facilitate programs with people, what is one of the things that you have found given kind of this joy, gratitude, connection, conversation stuff that most often trips people up from getting to that space. Everybody's like, oh, I want my purpose. I want my passion. I want to feel connected. I want joy. We all can say this. I can sit here and say it over and over again. And then as soon as I get off this podcast, I could say, ah, oh, fuck it. This was bullshit. You know, look at this thing just happened. And now here's the crap of life showing up again. What is something that you have seen over and over again keeps people most from getting to those spaces they say they want to get to? I know that's a big question. Yeah, I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, I think what's popping into my head from, and I'm proud to say I've had lots of these conversations with groups. Um, it's something that fills me up to have those. I'd say one is we've lost sight or we've, we've forgotten what brings us joy and we're actually not making time for that anymore in our life. With the busyness of whatever's filling up our days as a um, employee, husband, father, mm -hmm. friend, brother, son, all these roles and all these hats, we've lost sight of ourselves and what brings us joy mm -hmm. and in a healthy way. So yeah. what brings us joy in a healthy way? So when I ride my bicycle, when I ride my mountain bike, and it smells just right in the forest when I'm riding along. 
I, I'm a 12-year-old kid with mm. my friends on school holidays and I've got a, a flannelette shirt on and tracksuit pants and an old pair of sneakers and I'm just there. Mm. So I know I'm not the fittest guy, I'm not the best guy on a bike, but there's that sense of joy I get. So I think that's one of the things. We lose sight yeah. of what gives us joy and tapping back into that. And the second one I'd say that holds people back that, that I've had lots of conversations with is I've got to quote Elsa from Frozen. Mm. We've got to let it go. Mm. Mm. I'm not going to sing for you today, my friend, but, <laughs> but we are holding on to so much of she said this or he said that this happened to me it meant this and I've put so much in the meaning around it. And I see it in corporate all the time in teams. Oh, this happened back with my previous manager and this happened that, and they weren't nice to me. And I don't doubt and I don't discount that those things happened. Mm-hmm. But the more we hold on to it and the meanings that we attach to it, it's holding us back in moving forward. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, let it go yeah. and, and create uh, some time and space to let it go and bring in some new, more helpful um, emotions around those events. I love that you brought those two things up because as you were talking through them, I was thinking this losing side of joy. <clears throat> I think most people, they may be able to define joy, but are they really defining the joy that they really want to feel? Mm. It's the first thing that'll come to their mind. Oh, that would make me feel really joyful. And the other day I was working with a client <clears throat> and we were talking about this because he's, he's coming out of the closet. And I said, what would make you feel the most joy about finally being out of the closet? And he said, I don't know. And I said, I'm going to ask you this question again. What would make you feel the most joy out of being your authentic self in your life? And he immediately answered that I just wouldn't have to be looking over my shoulders, pretending to be somebody I'm not. Oh, wow. I can feel that. And I said, so why... Doesn't that bring you joy? He goes, I didn't realize it is. He goes, but it was the way you reframed the question. Mm. And I realized this is something that I think we get asked these questions. What brings you joy? Well, that can bring a very flippant, easy surface answer. But then if you ask somebody, what would bring you joy if you weren't worried about what anybody else thought? It's a whole different answer. Because now we're getting to the bottom. We're getting into the crux. We're getting into the murkiness. We're getting into the stuff that's hiding under there that people are like, I'd really like to say this. I'd really like to say this, but I'm afraid to because what is somebody going to think if I say, what would bring me joy is to never have to put on another piece of clothing again and be able to walk free naked all over the face of the earth. Good. You go. Because that probably is the real truth for that person. Mm. Because there's something about that that would bring them alive. And then when you realize if you can let go of the stuff that you think binds you in and really hold you in that space, I asked a client and ah, I usually ask this question to clients because I can see them like I can see you right now. And I can always tell when something's starting to happen for them. I said, okay, but, and this one caught this client totally off guard about a month ago. I said, what would you be doing with your hands right now if you could actually let go of that thought about that person? And he said, 
what do you mean? What would I be doing with your hands? I said, I can't see them, but I'm pretty sure they're probably gripping really tight or they're in a fist or they're fidgeting or something. I said, what would you be doing with them if you could let that go? And it was such a pivotal moment mm. because I don't think we consciously think about these things. And I'm a, I use my hands a lot, obviously as a speaker and stuff, I use them quite a bit, but I don't think any of us thinks about if you could capture the energy and bottle it and use it for something that you really want from the energy of stuff that you're not letting go, how much would what you bottled be worth for you in your life? Because we're all holding on to shit we don't need to hold on to. Yeah. And I'm going to go back to our earlier conversation about tapping into our body. And you've, mm -hmm. you've done that fantastically in that coaching session with that client around what would you be doing with your hands? And I, I love that question because then it gives a real tangible aspect to how to be showing up differently if I let this go. Yep. And what does that look like? What does that feel like? Right. And then it helps them actually step into that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to steal, I'm going to borrow that question. <laughs> That's okay. It. You can, you can <laughs> still borrow whatever you want to. Um, it's one of those that just kind of came up in the moment once in a session. I'm like, okay, I'm using that one all over again. So, uh, yeah, good. So, before we wrap it up here, mate, I would love to just ask one final question. And you're probably going to slap me through the airwaves here. What brings you joy? I, I'm going to, you know, full, full disclosure, Rick, I was feeling a bit flat before this conversation today. I was mm. waking up this morning a bit flat. I haven't felt, I even um, just didn't feel myself as much as I could. Mm. Didn't feel my normal self, to be honest. I uh, ran a big workshop yesterday and got a few things going on and I feel lighter from this conversation. Hmm. I feel I've got a list of things I need to do today and those things are now going to get done in a way that I feel better about. Hmm. And what I mean by that is I was actually dreading doing them. I'm actually, I'm excited to go and do those things. So what really brings me joy is conversations like this. Hmm. I just the chance to learn, to connect, to explore, be open. Um, this this conversation has brought me joy, and I thank you for it. And mm -hmm. I know um, this is the thing that I love doing. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is th right now here. This is it. It's so interesting that the name of this podcast is Real Men, Real Talk, and it shows the power of a conversation. And what even a conversation that you don't like, okay, I'm going to go do this because this is meant to, you know, supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to show up. And then suddenly, even myself, I'm feeling a little more than a little bit different than I did 30 minutes ago when we started this. And it's because when we as men allow ourselves to have the real conversations, at least my belief, that everything shifts. And we can see things and we can allow ourselves to be more open, more vulnerable and say, hey, mate, wow, I was really feeling really flat about this and now I'm not. And a lot of guys wouldn't admit that to somebody else, especially to another guy. But to be able to do this and know that this is going to be something that people are going to listen to and hear, I'm so glad that the universe brought us together, Murray, and that we connected. And this isn't the last of it, I can already tell you that. This yeah, me a too. Really great conversation. So, I, I so, want to. I was sorry, Rick. I just want to throw out one final little thing sure, that's, sure. that's come to my mind as we've been talking today, and I just, I just want us to be kind to ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think we we are kind, and we are you know guided to be kind to others. But let's be kind to ourselves as well. 
Yeah. Um, I'm good at beating myself up for beating myself up. Mm-hmm. I get into that. It can get into that negative feedback loop, thinking about things, and it's uh, popped into my head today just to be a bit more kinder to myself. And I just would like uh, other men to think about be kind to yourself as well around some mm-hmm. of those things we think about ourselves and that we say to ourselves. And and I hope today's conversation helps people think about that in a way to be kinder to themselves um, so they can be the best selves as well. Mm. It's a beautiful place to end this, man. So thanks again so much for being here, man. Appreciate you. And we will have everything about how to connect with Murray, learn more about what he does. Go listen to his podcast, Inspired Energy. And I look forward to having another conversation with you, mate, down the road here. We definitely will. Thanks for the chance. It's been beautiful. Thanks, Rick. That's a wrap for 40 plus. Real men, real talk. Where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men, Real Talk, where the conversations continue.